0: wedding photographers
1: unite
2: uh unite wedding photographers and welcome to wedding photographers unite episode number 59 my name is andy buscemi one of your hosts in good company with the mythical legend himself mr neil urban neil what's going on how much how you
0: doing i'm in good company today
2: we're in very good company because we have yeah. uh jim and james jimmy and james whichever you want to say jim and james jim and james separate human beings both been on the podcast before uh let's start with james kelly james kelly what's up man how you doing
1: i'm very well thank you yes yes just enjoying this uh, gorgeous sunshine we have here in scotland It's it's about time so it's the nicest day this year
2: Okay, and um, welcome back. And then we'll also have uh, Jimmy Farah joining us again. Jimmy, what's up?
3: What's up? It's actually Ferrara.
2: Ferrara. Oh, yes. right, fine. right. Kind of like um, Ferrari, but uh, at the end. I'll remember that in the yeah. future. Okay.
3: I'm not as exotic in the location of Scotland right now. I'm just a few hours <laughs> south of you guys. Actually, about seven hours south. But uh, it's nice here. It's sunny, sort of.
2: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: also not how i describe it
2: <laughs> well cool is uh is has anybody i don't know if we'll go through everybody maybe we will i don't know but has anybody um doing anything interesting lately anything uh just kind of off the topics that we were that we were talking about anything going on interesting where where are we in our seasons firing back up um yeah yeah firing back up i'm i'm firing back up right now basically I had my first no. wedding of 2017 <laughs> no no says no not yet hey neil that (laughs) shot you posted um or that statler posted is amazing i just saw that come through my feed today the guys at statler i don't even know if you know they posted it um statler posted a photo of of uh guys they tagged they tagged neil urban studio in it okay i hope that's okay
0: as as long as they tagged me i i don't know of anything of that yeah they
2: tagged you in it and and it's a great shot it's really nice so you might just want to be aware of that oh thank Um, you thank you yeah um
0: I need to go to Facebook. Well, actually, I'll save this after the show. But yeah. uh, I got to investigate that now.
2: Yeah, but but <laughs> so. they tagged you and, and it's and your watermarks on it and all that. So it's all okay, good. okay. 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 Yep. Okay. We're cool then. Yep. All right. Um. Thank you. Yeah. And uh, and anybody else? Anything so gosh, else? Gosh, yeah. gosh.
0: You know what? Actually, since we're on that topic, um, any any uh has anybody had issues with you know vendors using your images without your consent and uh you kind of have to go after them how how would you go about that anybody i I've, I've had a wedding planner actually two issues
1: i've had a wedding planner recently who I've done work for has taken my images um and she's credited me which is fine but she's adding these freaking awful uh filters onto mm. internet. And I had to email her, and, and, you know, it was very nice. And I, originally I thought maybe I'd sent her the image that had been had something wrong with it. You know, <laughs> to, so I had to kindly ask her that if she uses any images of mine to never never put a filter on it. Mm-hmm. And I, I said to her, I said, most photographers would be so angry at this. She yeah. kind of argued a little bit, but uh, I don't think she'd be using my images again. But just, you no, know, they look horrible, you
0: know? Yeah. So,
1: yeah, I yeah, asked her to remove it.
0: What about you, Jim?
3: Uh, I have no, I've never had anyone use something without my consent, but I have had some clients not wedding related use uh, images I gave them and did what James said you know, Mm -hmm. either a super soft, over the top filter on their skin tone or just do something a little corny with too much vignette, you know, that kind of stuff. But it's not so bad because it's not a business transaction at that that point but yeah Yeah. James I'm on your side if they take anything and they outside of cropping it a little uh, I wouldn't even want to make it black and white because they don't they most likely don't even know how to do it properly so yeah I I, I would uh,
1: my contract so in my contract it states that they're not allowed to alter or edit any of my images without my consent mm -hmm. So, uh, and and it's in bold no filters
0: so (laughs) yeah (laughs) nice nice I had
1: a
3: wedding this weekend first time at this great mansion in connecticut it was a couple hours uh, away from where we are so natalie and i drove out the night before went to the pre-rehearsal dinner for a little bit and then uh wedding was the next day and it was this huge mansion that they redid maybe 10 years ago or 20 years ago and it's, now it's like this huge grounds totally private it's an awesome location and uh the best thing about it was, well, a few things. First of all, the the place was let us do whatever we want. No one was over our shoulder. No one said, no, you can't do this. Can't do that. Whole place was ours. And at one point the, uh, they asked the minister to say to everyone, to all the guests, Hey, let's make this an unplugged wedding. We'd like for you all to, uh, you know, be in the moment, have your phones and cameras down. They hired great photographers to capture the day. And I'm at the front now when the guy's saying this and I'm like with my hand I'm like yeah he's he doesn't lie i was kind of joking with him but at one point I I stood I kind of broke that little barrier where you know I don't I'm not really the one to speak in front of a big crowd especially everyone there at the wedding but at one point I said I said yeah please because it's about seeing your faces not so much you know uh just the fact of you holding up a phone but now when you're doing that we're not going to see your face and all our images are going to be tainted with that with that phone in front of your face or an iPad even or a camera and uh, once I said that they I, everyone did the oh I kind of got it and I, don't, I just think the mass people aren't even aware of that if yeah. they are they should be but if they're not then, then it spun it back on them and they're thinking well now I'm not going to be in the photos and I'm just in all dressed up and you know let's face it. When you're a guest at a wedding and you want to see the photos, you're looking for yourself. You're not really looking for the yeah. Bride especially the yeah. parents, yeah.
2: man. That that's the thing that that drives me nuts. Is when it's like a mom or a dad of the bride or groom that's like behind a cell phone. I'm like, what are you oh, thinking? Yeah. Like that that's the worst. Because I want to get those reaction shots of the parents. You know, like mm-hmm. seeing their kid. They should be sitting, sitting looking there, crying and being emotional, and, and you know, and being in the moment. But they can't be in the moment if they're behind that that phone. So, I mean, I think it's, it might, I'm sure it sounds like you probably did it in an appropriate way. I don't think you like, you like stood up and screamed to the whole, uh, to the whole <laughs> house, Hey, put your phones away or anything like that. No, but, but I,
3: when I, the moment came up and I said, let me say this now to everyone there. And they all heard me and uh, it was just outside on the grass. And I saw a lot of people just kind of look at each other like, Oh, I get it now. And it was, that was nice. And no one pulled out a phone. Yeah. Not, not then, not during first dance, not during K cutting, Yeah. And I think it's about the way you say it,
2: too. I'm sure you said it in a very politically correct, friendly way with a smile on your face that, like, got people to think about it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly.
3: And even during prep, at one point, she's sitting there reading uh, a letter. She she was like all teary the whole day. And she's sitting there reading a letter that he wrote to her and she's getting all teary eyed. And I just pan over to get, you know, the reactions from the girls. And not one of them had a phone or a camera in their hand. And after the whole thing was done, I'm like, girls, thank you so much for not just pulling out your phone because you're not going to get anything useful anyway. And you now, now <laughs> I got these great reactions of you all. And they they were like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah.
2: yeah. Cool. Um, well, okay. Uh, I'm going to do this now so we don't have to do it later. Our listeners, just a reminder that we have an assortment of handpicked information that's relevant to you. But first, just in case you forgot your place in space and time, this is Wedding Photographers Unite, a bi-weekly wedding photography podcast for Wedding Photographers. By Wedding Photographers. Thanks, Neil. Uh, the show goes live uh, <laughs> roughly every other week. And while we're at it, please do leave us a review and subscribe in iTunes. Uh, just like uh, two people did recently. Um, one is Jackie Tan, with lots of N's at the end of her username. <laughs> and she says, I like how this podcast is more of a normal conversation between different types of photographers. It makes you feel like you're there with them. What makes this podcast the best wedding podcast out there is that it isn't a promotional tool for the guests that come on the show like other shows. Epic is another good podcast. Thanks, Jackie. Um, we appreciate that, and oh, uh, and Epic is another good po- podcast by Mr. Sam Hurd, who's been on before. Um, and we have one more, one more uh, that I'll read as well. And this is for my past intern Stephanie, who used to be, who was on our show before. Who actually I would love to have back on the show, just because she's kind of growing her business, and it wouldn't be a bad idea to check back in with her and kind of see where she's at. Um, but uh, she wrote us a review, and thanks for that, Stephanie. She says she finally caught up on all the recent past episodes. Uh, Andy and Neil create an amazing sense of community through this podcast. I Love the interviews and honest information. I feel much more confident going into wedding season after listening to this podcast. A++++. Thank you, Stephanie. Appreciate that. Yay, um, I'll that's see you what it's soon. all about. We're going to work a gig together soon with Stephanie, and it'll be fun um so uh cool and uh you know if you are getting things out of the show please do leave us a review on itunes and subscribe there as well leave stars leave words words are better than stars but if you're too lazy just leave stars thanks help us help you by sending in questions to info at wedding or join us on the facebook group and uh you can leave questions there we prefer to talk with you rather not than not at you okay so topics for today um, um, all topics are courtesy of James Kelly. So if you like these topics, that's great. Just thank James. If you don't like these topics, tell James you hated these topics today. I'm just kidding. Uh, I'll never talk again. Okay. Yes. Uh, Email mail. Uh, go James way. That's exactly right. I'm just deflecting any of that right now. Um so, uh, so, okay, so so James, uh, one of the things we're going to talk about today is like newer photographers. And keep in mind, we were all newer photographers once, once we were all newer photographers. Um, but mm-hmm. we were just going to talk about newer photographers and how that kind of um, impacts our business and some different thoughts that we had on that. So, uh, James, what is the deal with this topic? Uh, let's uh, dive in here.
1: Yeah, so we we have a, a private Facebook group in our area where it all up-and-coming and established photographers are there. Um, it's a great group, so if someone gets inquires for weddings and they can't do it, they pass on the dates and then send a couple of the list of photographers that are available.
0: Now, how many people are in this group, James?
1: Oh, me, there's probably probably around about 60 to 80 people, I think, in total in this group. So it's a big, it's okay. a big area in Scotland that it covers it's the Grampians and um, some of the highlands of Scotland. So it's a big area, a lot of part-timers, lot of second shooters, so people who are not interested in doing, you know, being the first shooter, they're the second shooter. Uh, so it's a great little community that they've built to promote the area and, and build on networking. Um, there's a lot of newbies. There's a lot of new, fresh bloods who are getting into the wedding industry are in this group. I you know what? it's brilliant because they're asking lots of questions. And some of the photographers who are not, you know, they don't see it as competition are giving lots of advice. One of the things I'm noticing, that, though, is a lot of these new photographers will take any booking, any booking, whether it's expensive or cheap. Prices a couple of hundred pound to maybe a couple of thousand pounds. They're taking the booking because it's work. And I can understand why they're doing that, because they are building a business. They want to bring in money, experience, all this sort of stuff. I am a firm believer, though, of quality over quantity okay you've got to be very careful about the clients you pick and you choose you've got to make sure you're the right fit for these people um I, i'd been there in the past there was at one stage where i was taking someone email me i'll be like yes book it without even, even meeting them and it turns out they're a complete nightmare we're not a fix you know we're not and uh, not fixed. we're not um connected in any ways. so on a day it's very difficult mm. and about four years ago i realized I need to connect with my clients in order to be the wedding stalker. friend. if I don't connect with them, I won't take the booking. And I've been trying to explain to one of the girls in the, in the group that, you know, look, I can understand where you're coming from. You want to book as much weddings as you can, but you've got to be very, very careful with the people you book. You know, you might get some people who are really shy. You know, clients who are really shy wouldn't fit with me because I'm quite outspoken loud sometimes a little bit intimidating at weddings so we've been told you know so you've got to make sure you're the right fit and this is something that i'm noticing a lot of is is people are just there's a word that i wanted to use but we can't use it because it's yeah what is that word james (laughs) can i can i can i I describe it (laughs) wedding whoring is what is is what it is and it's just wedding whoring getting as many weddings as you possibly can um, I've got a videographer friend who did sixty, sixty-eight weddings last year. Wow. Filmed 68 weddings last year, They 68 weddings last year. They were, you know, the average price of a videographer over here is about two to two and a half thousand uh, pound. These guys are, were charging 800 pound, but they were, they were giving a good quality. Yeah. But you're, you're waiting eight months for your video. You know, and he's worn out. You know, he's worn out two years he's he's closed his books for two thousand nineteen. That's him him done because he's tired, he's he's fed up, he's done too much, too too cheap. So that's my thoughts on on things. I don't know if anyone's got any opinions or any advice.
2: I, I'm kinda of split myself. Um I can kind of go in both directions with the response to that. But I'm curious if uh, Jim or Neil, you want to go first with any thoughts.
0: I mean, I, I do have a couple questions. If Is this her first year? Is she just getting into it? Is she's just kind of un- uneducated of how brides are? I mean, now, not only is it, it might not be a good fix, um, but I mean, so, some people are just outright nasty. Once, once you get into those lower end weddings, uh, they might be a little bit too demanding for the money too um so i mean is this her first year is she just i think this is is, my, she, this is is she going full-time it's where she's freaking out and she just wants to make sure she has the money for the for the for the year
1: yeah, i believe you know, this is her that first, could be it yeah i believe this is her first year of doing it uh full-time um she does she does she, does, she does, doesn't just do wedding photography she does a lot of other things within weddings personally i think she does too much uh, and she's going to burn out very quickly with everything that she offers but yeah, I think I think you're gonna find it to so, with it.
2: so yeah. I I kinda of think um two things on this. I mean there's on one side I totally understand what you're saying, you know. Um on the other side, I feel like uh, business is business and if people want to book whatever that they want at whatever price they want to, go right ahead. Because <clears throat> I I do have the opinion that eventually the market will self correct itself in the sense that this person will get burned out. They will realize that they're, that they're not making as much money as they should per wedding, um, and you know the quality of their work will either go down or they will keep doing it. and And in the case that they keep doing it at that price, um, and they can find a successful, healthy balance, or maybe they're just okay with being a crazy person, that's fine because that's ultimately at the end of the day business, and and you know they have the right to book however they can, however they want to. Um It might not be how we do business. it might not be how I do business I might provide i might in my mind, provide a better quality and a better service to my clients for providing a more individualized um you know um you know product or or service to my clients. but I think that's going to you know show in the way that i I do business and and I think it'll also self correct in the sense that if they keep doing it and they don't provide that level of work, then eventually um other clients they won't refer their clients to them the bad word of mouth will get out there reviews will start popping up on on social media uh, Neil and I in the Buffalo area have seen some groups come in and come out of business um that were doing these kinds of things um you know where they were kind of undercharging and you know uh maybe even copying other people's styles and and doing all these no. crazy things yeah yeah <laughs> I mean we might have seen a few things like that happen in our area and and so these things but but what eventually happens is the market kind of self corrects itself by, Mm -hmm. um, they, those people can't continue to do that on a long, long long-term basis because it's not original. It's not, you know, it's not, um, who, who they really, you know, you're just going crazy and you're, and you're going to make mistakes and, and upset some people along the way eventually because you really can't afford to do it at that price. And, and maybe if that's the price that that we should be providing our services at half of what we're caught, we're doing, maybe we'll be the ones to self-correct, right? Maybe we're charging Mm -hmm. too much. Um, I'm not saying that we are, but but I'm saying that that if that was the case, if that was the case, the market would self-correct itself in that sense. So for me personally, I have come to the point where I used to kind of like worry about what other people were th- were doing and thinking and, and that kind of thing. But it's like, now I'm just like, well, the market will self-correct itself. I, my business is fine. The second that my business takes a hit, that's when I'm going to actually re- look at my business and say, hey, um, I'm not booking as much as I want to. What can I do to readjust to... Um, to continue to make, to, to make a business out of this. And if the price goes too low and it's not reaching, you know, it's not the amount of money that I need to make to be a successful person, then at that point, I got to be like, all right, I'm out. Got a, time to do something else if that ever happens. If, you know. But I don't think that's going to happen because I think people do take it, You know, like what we do is a serious business in a lot of ways. And I think Jim has something to say. Jim, go ahead.
3: Yeah, there's kind of two uh, ways to look at this. You're, you're never going to stop the, the people... The, the typically the, the newcomers that are charging, um, let's say, at least half of the going rate.
2: Yeah, and I was one of those people too. Based. Weren't we all one of those people at one point? Let's, let's um, be honest about yeah, that at some yeah. point.
3: Right? Yeah, there's, there's, yeah, we all were that. We all, you just want to get the jobs and I get it. But that, but that person should then know what the going rate is and mm-hmm. then realize, hey, uh, I'm that good. I have good equipment. I'm, I'm legit now. So I'm going to climb my rates up as time goes on. And that's fine to me. It's the person Now, James, I don't know who it was that that was doing this. It's it's, I I roll my eyes at the photographer who is established professional and then doing the, the wedding whoring just because the dates open and then say, Oh no, my date's open. I'll do it for, you know, a fraction of the price. I knew a photographer in my area that at one point she flat out said, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll do a wedding for X amount of money. I don't care. And I'm thinking that's just so wrong. Not only for yourself and your clients, because they might get wind of how much you charge for mm-hmm. one wedding and then another one. You're like, how can you? You can't just say that. You could. It's different to do a little discount within like 30 days or 60 days. That's fine, but it, not to the rate where this, this one person I was was doing it at. And that's that's kind of how unions were formed. That's you know that's why there's a a, a basis and people who have groups in their area say, look. We're all in this part of this group now. Let's just agree that uh, we're not going to leave our house for anything uh, for lifestyle session unless it's this much. And mm-hmm. then that way, when someone makes phone calls and go, "Oh, how much you charge for this? How much you charge for that?" Now it's about the style and knowing the person rather than, "Oh, well, that person's fifty bucks less. Let me go with them." Yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. Years I ago, when I, I was um, when I was working in the film business, years ago, uh, 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 I was always union and. Uh, I was a camera union, and the production assistants never had a union, but at one point they kind of formed their own union, and they wanted 200 bucks a day, no matter what. It was no 150, it wasn 't 175, it started at 200 for I think, 10 hours, and which is really low. But, but as a PA, you, anyone can kind of do it, and they 'll have anyone to the point where they were like not getting it, and if they wouldn 't get it, they would start spray painting on the rental trucks. It was, it, it had some kind of slogan like 200 a day and it rhymed. I forget what they said, but after a few, after a few months, they got it. And anyone in New York, that was a starting rate. No matter what they, no one was, no one was, they, they all formed together and say, look, anyone calls you for a buck 50 for the day. Just say, no, I'm not doing it. It's 200 it starts at 200 mm. and they did it
1: and they mm. worked. Mm. I think it's I think it's important, especially for newer photographers who are established. Like you say, we've all been at that stage. We've always charged a lower price, and as our quality gets better, our price becomes a little bit more realistic. I think it's important for anyone who's getting into the industry or is in, new into the industry that doing too much is not a positive thing. I mean, yes, you get the money, you get the bookings, it's great, but doing too much, you burn out. Like you say you don't offer the customer service that you need to offer a client especially when it comes to wedding photography it's the most important day of, of these people's lives and we should be giving a hundred percent in customer service and if you're doing say a hundred weddings a year or something like that you can't, you can't give the level of customer service at that, that level yet that number of weddings
3: right um, I think it, even it, even the companies that, uh, that are like uh, whether they're a name or they're like uh, you know like okay uh, com- computer photography whatever the name is and they have multiple photographers under them uh th- that that one photographer kind of needs to decide at one point uh i can only shoot so much and then i can only handle so much as a team because eventually something's going to go wrong and then it's going to affect the whole company and it could be the smallest thing as like forgetting to book an assistant one day because you're too crazy because you might be doing five weddings that day your team might be going out going nuts okay. and uh Mm -hmm. You know, we're not like that. We're, we're, we're growing slowly as a company, but we're not even close to, to outsourcing to that level. And we may never be, and that's okay. You know?
0: Mm -hmm.
2: Okay. Um, I guess we'll go on to our, uh, next topic then, which is, uh, social media draining creativity. Um, Hmm. is social media, I, and I can totally see this and I've kind of re 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 actually just I just finished up finally I got my website update that I've been talking about like the last like five shows so so I like my, my whole website is like up to date I like got rid of the junk out of it um, and it's just kind of more streamlined than it used to be um, and I'm no longer gonna be posting like blog posts from every single wedding like I would post my favorite top ten or something like Thanks that well. and it's just so time consuming to do that but now I'm gonna be able to focus more on social media um, but I think maybe we're talking about this from a different perspective, right? So, what are what what did you have in mind, James, with with this topic, uh, social media drain, draining creativity, like looking at yeah. other people's work? I think.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, actually, you, you've got a good point there on, on both points. Uh, what you're talking about is, you know, if social media takes over your life. It really does. You know, if you want to really market yourself properly in social media, it's it's almost a full time job. I'm very lucky. I have my fiance Iris who does the majority of my social media marketing for mm-hmm. me. She does all my journals. She, you know, Today she's downloading photographs from the weddings we've had this year to make journals to get them posted online. And we have, we at the moment have eight months worth of weddings scheduled to go online. And she's done that whole process. I mean, it's taking time. But doing it yourself, I couldn't imagine doing it all by myself. It would be just too much work. So, you know, if you do want to market properly on social media, you do need to bring on someone quite often part-time just to help Schedule things and get everything all ready. But what I was talking about is, I, 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 it's, it's not so much with my wedding work. It's actually mostly my landscape photography that I do a lot of. Is, is, um, seeing so many other great, fantastic photographs on social media. And I think when you start, when you see a photographer you like, the work pops up on your, up on your wall. And this happens a lot. The more the photographers you like, you start seeing these fantastic images, and you start just like self-doubting yourself Mm -hmm. that you're that quality or can you produce that or you get jealous you know and all these sort of things and I just personally I find social media is is great and I love it but I find it's too much and I'm finding that I'm liking all these photographers seeing all this fantastic work I'm comparing my work to them uh, and it it, it hurts my own self-esteem about it you know Um, that's kind of what I was talking about social media is great for inspiration but sometimes it can be too much and too addictive as well yeah Mm -hmm. certainly uh
2: i think neil i you i'd like to hear your response on this because i like your opinions on this when you talk about this neil you're next respond (laughs) or or don't
0: (laughs) i mean I, i see i i just try not to follow anybody um any, any any photographers because I've like I've said in the past and I've said this over and over again that when, when I when I follow other photographers I, I feel that sometimes their uh, their work or style come kind of comes off into my style uh, because I'll, I'll I'll like something and and then all of a sudden I'll, I'll kind of do something very similar to it and that's not me and I, I I've seen myself do that like in the past and 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 then i was getting away from my style and my goal and my kind of work and then i was looking at the work that i was producing and like this isn't me this is pretty much someone else so it's it's i'm not staying true to myself and my brand so therefore i just kind of unfollowed and stopped following and when it, whenever i need inspiration i go to other artists not photographers like painters and and architects um even even illustrators, um, or even watch movies, um, things, things like that. I, I, I kind of get, I, I now get inspiration from other artists, even musicians, um, t- to get inspired. Not, not so much photographers anymore. I kind of, I kind of I, I create my best work when I create it from what's inside my head, yeah. um, other than other, other photographers. So that that's, that's just me though. I, I'm sure there's not a whole lot of, I don't know. What about you guys? Anybody can relate?
3: <clears throat> I can I can relate. Um there is so much out there just on Instagram alone, you know, and it's so easy to see good images and, and great work and uh Facebook too, of course. But uh I, I James, I agree with you about like you get it gets too much and you don't know where to go anymore and your mind is when you're somewhere and you wanna do something different, or let's say out of the blue, uh the sun pops out and you didn't expect it, it's like you know, you, you back your head, you know what to do, but along the way, like just to past maybe the past day, you looked at so many images and so much inspiration and so many different styles. You're like, ah, I don't even know where to go now. Um, <laughs> but when that's, I was going that's poor, yeah, over that's
0: well said right there.
3: Yeah. When, when I was going through the year in review, the 2016 and going through like past blog links that Natalie and I, Natalie and I shot um, looking back, I'm like, oh, that was good. I forgot about that shot or I forgot about that wedding. And that was really nice. And then I went back on 15 to see what I did then and even 14. And looking back at those years, I'm like, right, that was a great wedding. I got to add those images to the website because they're not on there. And then I found myself, as corny as it is, (laughs) like getting inspired by stuff we shot, Mm -hmm. which is fine because we shot it, we created it. And maybe it's a pose, maybe it's a lighting thing, maybe it's a filter, maybe it's a framing, whatever it was. And I'd like doing that because then I'm like, I'm like, oh, that was a that. I really like what I did there. I need to do that more. That is so. We forgot about doing
2: that, dude, Jim, Mm -hmm. Jimmy. That is so funny (laughs) that you say that because I just went through and I just revamped my website and I'm like, okay, I'm gonna update my portfolio and get rid of some of the junk. And I tried. There's there's some things that still hung out there that I still probably should have pulled, but I got rid of a lot of it. But I did go back to like weddings that I shot when I was first starting in like 2010 and 2011, and I look back at like some old shots that were like oh i would like to put this in the portfolio but the way that i was editing at the time was just so terrible like mm-hmm. when i look back on it i had this like green filters on shit and just like just like all this crazy <laughs> insanity you know it was like i had all these like uh you know like the wet plate stuff like like transposed yeah. on top of it so it was so terrible <laughs> so i went back to some of those images and uh, two things came came to mind when i edited these images i was like number 1 I I was like I was almost I was thinking man I was more creative then than I am now with like some of my posing and and some of the things that I was doing that's the first thing that came to my mind. Uh, the second thing that came to my mind was like whoa I've become way better as an editor since since the year 2010 in the past seven years. Like the way that I was editing then and and what I what I can actually do is so crazy now. Like in terms of like understanding like actual color temperature and like what what you want to highlight in an image way better and then the third thing that i that i found out doing that is wow a canon 5d mark ii isn't that crazily different from my d750 like i was like pulling stuff out of it that i didn't didn't even realize that i could like i was in decent light in the shots that i ended up using but it's like you know like we talk about all these cameras and i went on my a9 rant the last episode and all that kind of thing you know it's like about the tech but it really is like, man, it didn't matter if I had an A nine or that Canon five D two that I was shooting at the time. It would have been the same image. It would have been just as a beautiful of an image. So it's, I found all those things like really interesting because that was like the first time I've ever gone back to that work that old and reedited in a new, you know, in a in a way that I feel like you know I've I've come a long way, you know, since since that time in editing. So it was yeah. a very interesting experience for me to do that. It's very interesting that you say that too. It's um,
3: good to look back at and and do the ooh what the hell was I thinking when you, you yeah. go back yeah. on, on whatever it is, either, especially I look back at a couple brochures that I had from like when I first started out uh, and which was technically Oh four. And then, but then, but those are gone. But like now and then I'd find something and I'm like, I see a, an old email from like Oh six or 07. I look at the brochure. I'm like, what's with those little swirly things on the side that I have here. And all these little designs. I'm like, that's not me. I'm not a swirly person. It was just kind <laughs> of funny. And then, you know, you look at like just, what you, like what you were talking about last week about naming packages or collections, you know, and, uh, everything changes and that's fine. You should change. You need to, if you don't change at all, uh, then you're not really growing or being inspired anymore or certainly educated. Even it's okay to have your, I firmly believe that once you get your style, you're not going to escape it no matter what you might be able to, to sway it one way or the other, but it's going to be really hard to not, do what you always do and it's just it you might not even know what that style is but someone else might know it and maybe like yeah oh i I can pinpoint your work from a mile away going through 100 photos i can see that's that's yours and Mm -hmm. that's good that's Mm -hmm. what you always want and i don't know how long it takes to get there it takes at least i would say at least five years if not more but Mm -hmm. it's it's a hard thing to escape but uh, it is good to mix it up a little bit as time goes on also to stay current as well Mm -hmm. you know I mean, yeah. not too current. And, I'm not, not going to start desaturating everything and brightening everything up like this California look that's so hot right now. It's like, that's not really me. Yeah. But as much as I like it. It's just, it's just not me. So, I, you mm-hmm. know, I believe like, just like the selective color was a real hot thing years ago. Uh, I, I've, I think that the new look now, that California look, is uh, it's just a, a popular thing now. But, you know, years ago, you might look at it and go, why is the image half black and white, half color? Where's all the saturation? It was a beautiful green day and then like, there's no green in the image, you know? I I think uh, that look is, is, is going to get played out
0: pretty quick. Yeah. Well, and and that's another, uh, you know, negative about looking at other photographers uh, styles that that you catch up, you know, there's so many fads out there, you know, that, that you'll, you'll incorporate it into your style and and all of a sudden you added some to your website and then all of a sudden you have, you know, half your website is, is old and then half, half the other half is all new, you know what's going on now, so it's it's like uh it's a it's a tough balance there, yeah, but uh, but I don't know like like Andy said like uh man, I get intimidated but like i you know I've been working on this new website, and I've been going back to old images of what I can't get rid of and uh man i'm i'm I actually kind of got a little depressed and down on myself um i i've been I've been looking at these images and Am I ever gonna create images like this again? Some of them were very, very, you know, Im- impactful, very uh, you know, won me awards and been in magazines and and I and i and it's like, am I ever gonna create something like this again? You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I the, an- got answer yes, the answer is yes you are.
2: The answer is yes you are. But 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 I but I still but that's good. I feel like you have to you have to feel like that in order to do it. Because if you just felt like, oh yes, you just if you just like were like, Yeah, I'll do the same thing at that my wedding tomorrow then you never will because you'll never have the drive to push yourself to, you know? Yeah. So of course you are. But, but I find that interesting too, because on some of those images on the, on the older stuff that I was editing, I was like, man, I thought way more outside of the box. I'm sure my editing was really outside of the box, but I mean, (laughs) in terms of like the posing and like actually, you know, trying to do things that were different. I actually like Jim, what you said and this is probably, I th- I think, a good thing without patting yourself on the back too much. But it's like I kind of inspired myself to like be like, hey, I should be like the old me and a and the and yeah. the good parts of the old me, not the bad parts of the old me, not the not the ones that was putting all these filters on top of images, but the good parts of the old me that was willing to think outside the box and do creative different things with the couple. Because now I feel like I I can walk into a wedding and I and actually that was the one thing that I feel like the I got I did my first wedding in the 2017. Uh, just recently and I felt like like it was just like I could have done it in my sleep in the sense that it was like the poses that I usually do Um, time time I had enough time but not a crazy amount of time that I didn't Think that outside the box with the things that we're doing. I I, I took great images, and a couple really loved them. And and you know, it was it was but it was like in my head, it's kind of like one of those middle of the road weddings where it's like, okay, I did my thing, the thing that I've been doing, but I need to break outside of that and think outside of these same poses that I've been doing later. So looking at that old work was actually really good at, at this particular time. So
0: see, the thing that I'm having a hard time is is that from looking from you know where I am now and where I was. Is that I, I just shot whatever I wanted to shoot and, and and concentrated on you know everything later in post. Now it's like, am I concentrating too much on lighting? Um, because I, I slow myself down now. It's where back then I just shot, shot and and created. And now, am I am I doing the wrong thing by slowing down and and paying too much attention to lighting? Is to where I'm not nailing the moment like I used to, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of struggling with that a little bit. I, I guess we'll see uh, this summer, but I kind of noticed from last summer that I shot, I just, I spent a little bit too much time on lighting and um, just looking at my work. I mean, my work is very strong, I believe, and I've grown as an artist, but just looking from what I created then and now it, it, it feels like, yes, my lighting is better. But then I was just like, I don't know. I, I was just, I felt like I was more creative just because I wasn't paying attention to
2: mm. I think there's a middle like, ground because you, because you know I mean? you've le- you've learned so much, you know, over the years of doing this that you're I think you're right to pay attention to those things. In the same sense for my what I was thinking too, it's like I'm right to 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 do my middle of the road shots cuz I know they work, but it's like being aware of that but then still keeping that younger version of ourselves that 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 was more on the fly, right, with things. I think I think it's good to incorporate that um, and not always be concerned about lighting or always be concerned about, um, you know, doing the, the, the easy, safe shot in my case for what I'm thinking, you know? Mm-hmm.
3: Um, it's, you know, it's, it's hard to uh, going, Neil, going back to what you said, um, knowing too much is, is going to hurt you sometimes too, <laughs> where right, right. If, if you see, if I see a, st- I, there's a lot of photographers I like, and I typically like the photographers that aren't my style that I look at and go, wow, that's fantastic. Look at that. Look at the, just it's it's usually like a, a setup shot and it's got some edge lighting and it looks very, looks very well done. And it's on a real wedding day. It's not a stylized shoot. Mm-hmm. And I look at that and go, that's fantastic. But I know myself, I'm the kind of shooter where I'm just rarely ever going to get a chance to do that. Cause down here in New York, everything's so fast. It's like, let's go, let's go, let's go. It's just the way it is. And I'm sure up there are you guys too. But, uh, especially down here, just it's just the way we are yeah. being close to the city. It's, just, it's so the traffic. It's, <laughs> it's a just the traffic. we just,
0: <laughs> yeah.
3: just don't have the time.
2: I, I feel I feel like Honestly. two hours on a wedding day in New York City becomes like thirty minutes after traffic. So I, I <laughs> <Yeah>. feel you. <ya. laughs>
3: <laughs> but I, years ago, I said I, I played in a band for a little bit and original band, and a friend of mine would always. Studied in in, in Berkeley uh, for music and knew so much about theory and knew everything and knew key changes and I knew anything I I knew how to play chords that's it I didn't even know how to read music, but I think my innocence and all that allowed me to like write something on the, just on the on the spot I could mm-hmm. pick up a guitar and just start writing yep but he couldn't do that and when he did write songs it was like key change another key change just now. even Rush would have been like whoa what is going on here this is crazy <laughs> and yeah. I and I think what happened with him at that time was that he just knew too much Yep, and he didn't know how to rein it all in and he was too new at it.
2: Totally. Mm -hmm. So I went to music school. I was, I went to music, actually went to um, Boston conservatory, which was affiliated with Berkeley. We ate in their cafeteria or whatever. And now they're actually together, but, but going to music school kind of like messes you up. Like it messes you up because you end up like being hypercritical of like everything that you hear. And, uh, it, it actually, I, I can't like just go to a concert without like without being critical of it, and I actually hate myself about <laughs> that. You know, I think it's the same for art school too. Like if you go to art school, I think a lot of people that go to art school become hypercritical of of artwork. But I feel like music, for some reason, is like takes it to a whole new level. Um, so that's interesting. That that I, you know, I it think does, a lot our fields know, do relate a lot. Um, you know, I can see what you mean. Yeah,
3: Andy, I, I you you you're probably the person where if you're listening to something. And they do something wrong. And yes, there is sometimes right and wrong in photography and right and wrong. And you can break the rules when you know the rules. And you got to break the rules. You better do it so interesting where you stare at something and go, wow, look at that. That's breaking all the rules of photography. But, man, it works. And you don't even know why it works. And that's okay. But mm-hmm. uh, it's the same thing when, uh, when watching a TV movie or any kind of show or anything. And they're doing something that's just a little weird just because they can or they, they might think either the director or the cinematographer, whatever the case is. But if they're doing something that's just weird, it, it's, it's going to hurt them in a, in a way because it's pulling the viewer out of it where it's not like, you know, just just stick to something. Simple stuff works usually the best. And I, I find that sometimes when I used to do like really crazy angles or crazy lenses and, and wacky stuff, and there was a time when I was like really big on the uh, slow shutter, swirling the camera and <sighs> getting that background to do that. A little too much, and I admit it. And looking back, I'm like, "Oof, I almost did the whole reception like that." What was I thinking? <laughs> so, you know, you got to rein it in, and you got to you got to keep it. to keep it simple.
1: Yeah, really. You, um, going back to kind of Andy and uh, Neil were saying earlier on. Do you feel that when when you're starting out, when you're new, you're new to photography, you start doing weddings, you have a lot to prove, you have something to prove, and you mm-hmm. you go out there and you take these amazing images, you're happy with them, and then as you get more established, you become comfortable. And you know what to do and you become very comfortable with what you're doing. You know, you, you can, someone can look at your portfolio and love your images and book you, you know, you don't really have as much to prove as you did when you started out. So you kind of get into that comfort zone and you're doing weddings, you're doing umpteen weddings a year and it just becomes not like a conveyor belt, but you're just almost doing the same thing over and over and over again because it's what you've done before. Mm-hmm. I think it's good to go back to basics it's good to go back to the very, very start, start from scratch, go back to basics and um, think that you're just starting out again. You do still have something to prove. Um, and then going back to kind of kneel on your, and um, your confidence about your images and things like this. And people forget everyone concentrates on wedding photography, in the business of wedding photography. And a lot of people forget that, you know, you're an artist as well. And artists are often very borderline depressed because <laughs> you, know? you do, you are so critical on yourself and on your work. And you're always striving to to improve yourself that you get really down. Mm-hmm. And you do, you look, sometimes you look at when, photographs and you think, I wish I'd done that differently or I could have done that differently and I wish I'd done that. And you really put yourself down about your images. And, and it's, it's hard. It's really hard on your self-esteem when, you know, when you are a photographer, you are an artist, and then you go onto social media and you see someone's kick-ass amazing photographs <laughs> and you're just like...
2: Yeah. Oh man, I you know, wish
1: I'd been able to do that. <laughs> you know what the thing that I that I
2: love about our business our business, I love this about our jobs, is just that like I feel like our clients think when they when they book us, our clients think that we're like totally have everything together before every shoot, like we know exactly what we're gonna do. Um they have no idea like the level it doesn't matter what level we're at, it doesn't matter how you know, well known or how well respected you are, no matter how many, it doesn't really matter. They, we all in our heads to some extent are freaking out about trying to do a certain shot or get a certain thing that we're trying to do. They have no idea what what like actually goes through our heads when we're, when we're going into a new shot or a new scenario, because the reality is, is we don't know what's going to happen next. We have no yeah. idea what's going to happen next. We have no idea if the shot that we're setting you up for is actually going to be like an amazing shot or it could be it could be the worst piece of shit in the world that we should have never tried to begin with. You know, we don't know. And that's what's so incredible about about what we do is that it, there's that like level of excitement on every shoot that we go out to do that we don't know. It's, it's, it's so beautiful. It's so amazing. Yeah. How many people could say that about their jobs? So many people are like stuck in, in a cubicle doing the same exact thing, right the same computer program every day, you know, with no, with, without any of that, you know, like we're so fortunate to have that thing driving us, you know, it's yeah. uh, it's cool. It's it's it's, 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 it's cool. And it's also, it's also crazy at the same time. <laughs> you know, it's, it's like, it's
1: funny, it's funny you say that because we had a wedding on Saturday and, I really want to do something special with the dress. And we were at this big private house and you rent the whole house and you know it's like your own home, and you have your wedding there. I was like, you know what? I want to take the dress outside. I want to take it outside. Um, and I said to the videographer, come on, let's take the dress outside. I know this really nice tree and you've got these wildflowers coming up. Let's hang the dress out. And we went and scoped out the area and it was, a, he was like, oh yeah, there's a bit of a breeze, there's a bit of a breeze. I was like, so what? Come on, we'll hold the place, it'll be okay, it'll be great, it'll be wonderful. Went up, we asked the bride, the bride was like, yeah, yeah, that'd be amazing. Her mother was like, no, no. no. But we took it out anyway and we hung it on the street and the videographer was excuse my language, but he's was crapping himself. He was convinced this dress was going to fall. And I'm like, no, be fine, don't worry about it. You stand behind the dress and we'll hide you so you don't see it. You just hold on to it and it's hanging from this branch. <laughs> and he absolutely crapping himself about this. For me, deep down, so was I. I mean, I was so worried that I was going to ruin this wedding dress and it was going to fall in the dirt or get dirty or, or rip or tear or something. But I couldn't show that because if I showed that, he wouldn't want to do it and then we wouldn't do it. And in the end, he came after me and he's like, You know what? I'm so glad we did that. The video footage I got from it was amazing. I'm so happy. And I was like, Yeah, 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 I'm glad. I'm like, I'm glad that was. <laughs> <I lied>. Yeah, <laughs> I'm wrong, You know? But I think you have to do things to secure You get your blood pump, pumping. And, and my philosophy is if I'm driving to a wedding and I'm not nervous, then I need to stop doing what I'm doing. I need to feel nervous for the wedding. I need to feel that, oh, is it going to go well? Is it going to go bad? We're going to do this, we're going to do that. I need to feel scared at a wedding. And if I don't feel like that is the day that I stopped doing weddings.
2: Yeah. I think, I think more risk, more reward, uh, too, is another part mm-hmm. of that. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, we always so, get our, should always get our safe shots first, but then after we have our safe shots, the easy ones, then it's time to, um, you know, go back to our older selves and take, take some more risks and maybe not worry about lighting or not worry about doing the same pose that I do all the time, you know, like that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but more risk, more reward.
3: Though. I, I got, with the dress, um, uh, this this past weekend at that wedding, uh, Natalie took the dress out. I don't touch the dress anymore. I'm not touching it. <laughs> where it's hanging, it's where it's hanging. I'll get one of the bridesmaids to carry it. If they drop it, fine. It's not on me. Yep. I, I Never yep. dropped the dress. That's not true. Uh, I've dropped it, but it's never like been dirt or anything. But uh, she, she was hanging it out in this huge, high, super high ceiling, awesome light in this in the hallway of this mansion. And it was, like, barely hanging on the edge. It kept slipping off. She, she was grabbing it. And the bride walked away. It's like, I, I got to walk away because I just got to trust you and walk away. And both of us are up there and, like, this dress falls. We are in so much trouble. And it didn't fall. It was fine. But it was, like, it was really, like, close to there. And I was like, oh, my God. This dress cannot fall. And uh, that's that's a kind of that's a kinda, uh, a kind of risk I don't think I want to take. Where if that does fall or get dirty or something happens, man, that's a I've, – I've seen a – Years ago, I saw a, a server spill red wine on the bride's dress. Oh, my God. And it was totally his fault. He was, like, doing something, and it was like he was flustered, and, and the whole thing went on, and she just did a... And then I just walked away from the scene. I don't know what happened after that. I was like, oh, my God. So, you know, seeing that, I'm like, I never want to be in that position. I've embarrassed myself, and I've broke glass, and I've knocked things over before, but not to the point where it's really going to be detrimental or hurt anyone or or. Mm -hmm. ruin a day in a sense you know yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah,
1: but uh that's that's a that's a the risk thing is 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 hard to weigh going uh going off topic i don't know if we have time to do this but uh has has everyone had like a disaster like that at a wedding Has it have you you had something go
0: horribly wrong like that almost uh quite a few close calls but uh...
1: yeah nothing nothing major
0: yeah, I mean the close calls are where later at night when I get when I get home and I'm laying down, I'm like I can't believe we did that, you know. And then and then I'll, then I'll, then I say I'll I'll never I should never do that again. Yeah. And then all of a sudden next week I'm doing something pre- even crazier. <laughs> I never <Yeah>. learn. <laughs> I haven't had anything too crazy. I've I've got myself a little
3: wet, you know, just one foot into a pool kind of thing, and I've knocked over stuff before
0: um so I'm jim, jim you're that. the guy on you on the youtube uh uh the fails of wedding photographers falling in fountains. <laughs> no i never i never a <laughs> fountain
3: <of> my <laughs> foot did but i didn't fall but uh, i did knock over these uh these two glass you know they, they they're like they're like big chandelier or big uh, like wine glasses with water in it and candles and there's three of them i knock over one whoosh, at, right during ceremony when the couple's doing the sand and then as i'm trying to Go away! I knock over another one. <laughs> I must have been so The whole place looked at me, and I'm like, "What am I gonna do?" I, I admit it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that, was, that
0: was my most. Yeah, you gotta own that, it, man. You gotta own it. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: of course, yeah. You I almost died. Had a couple of I almost died. I almost fell off a bridge and fell into a ravine. I was standing on the bridge, and the wood had been painted, newly painted, so it looked new, but it wasn't. It was actually it'd been it, uh, eroded, and I was standing on the wood, and it snapped, and I fell backwards. And as I went, fell backwards. Too busy trying to make sure I don't drop my camera, and I managed to la- wrap my leg around the tall beam, or else I would have fallen into this ravine in there uh, and died. Wow! So uh, yeah, I was pretty lucky. I laughed it off, and then afterwards, kind of had to go and change the chargers. But uh... <laughs> yeah,
2: I, I have noticed. I mean, I haven't had a situation where I've been in, been there, but I feel like I've been in some almost situations where I've been hanging off like the side of not a cliff, but like I've been near the edge of certain things. And I, and I know that I'm like, we all get, especially with shooting, we're like in the moment of shooting, we're like not worried about anything else other than the shot and thinking about the couple and how they're reacting and what the shot can do. And I've, I've noticed a few times where I've like, I've been on the side of a ledge or some kind of ledge or, or like in the water, like on wet rocks or something like that. And I think I like almost fell on those, but it's like, like I've been in situations where it was like, almost something almost could have happened, you know? and And I whenever I do that, like I try to remind myself that especially in those situations to really just slow down and um and be careful of my surroundings uh, i I think I've gotten better over the years at taking note of that, like shots that I would have taken a while ago um uh, yeah, shots that I've taken a while, a while ago. Uh, Jimmy's putting up, uh, putting up notes here. Yeah, the other way was the other way was correct. The first way was right. Oh, okay. oh, 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 but I get the joke. I get the joke. So, so in, matter of fact, I'm I'm good with that topic, unless we want to go back to it. But let's let's uh, let's go on to that. Uh, so, Jimmy, he's got he, we're on uh, we're on Google Hangouts, and he's holding up the the um. A piece of paper he's like it, no. hey a post-it note it says hey can we talk about mirrorless today and it's facing the camera and then he turns it around <laughs> he turns it around get it well my, my, it? my mirrorless mirror backwards yeah, yeah no no no. <laughs> i was right the first this. time but it's actually a good joke okay. though Too. get it you know if it was a mirror got it be correct okay right All right right good, also, um, good point. Yeah, yeah he didn't even mean to yeah <laughs> i Not, didn't even I, mean, do it i think that's good um Matter of fact, this last topic, I think we should probably call it now because we're about an hour right now, anyway. So I think that we're looking pretty good. But let's wrap up with with any with that um, thoughts on because uh, well, what, what basically guys... he held up. You know, do we want to talk about mirrorless before we before we head out? And yeah, I think that would be a good idea, especially to get your thoughts on that. So go ahead, Jim.
3: Um, I saw the A nine. Uh, I'm I'm, I have a little Leica point and shoot, which I love, but it's not like yeah, you know, it's kind of. It's semi pro level. It's, it's 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 a great little camera, but it's uh it's not. Viewfinder is very small and all that. So there's a few systems I'm looking into. Olympus is one of them. Uh, Sony is the other one, and and Fuji. That's really the three. And I like a little bit about each one. But uh, James, are you? What do you what do you shoot with? I'm curious. D810
1: Nikon D810.
3: Oh, a, oh man, it's a big file on that camera.
1: All right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, my bank of hard drives I have here. So oh my,
3: um, and can you can you size it down? Can you shoot? Like a small I, raw.
1: Yeah, it's, no, the small raw is not worth it. It's really not worth it. No, no, I full, full, full. Uh, yeah, full resolution on the raw for that. So
3: that's a so, that's a big body. Yeah, that's a, um, and, uh, I
1: love it. I, I know what I love. I wanted the seven fifty originally, but um, it's not a strong enough build for me. the D eight ten is a little bit stronger. Yeah. And I, I mean, I've had a D eight ten a year now, and I've dropped it three times, um, and it's had to go back to repair three times. Where my oh. D three before that was like indestructible. It was amazing. So yeah, yeah. I'll destroy a mirrorless. I will have it ruined in a week.
3: <laughs> yeah, you know, everyone's talking about like, to me, it's not about the cost so much, of course, a little bit, but it's not so much the cost, not so much even the size or the weight of the camera. It's just the fact that now I'm not looking through glass anymore. I'm looking at a at an electronic image through the viewfinder. I don't know if I'm going to like that. Yeah. But when I do play with it, I really like it because I don't have to think about Exposure so much. I'm not chimping. I'm just looking at it. But again, it's just it's a different way uh, to shoot. And I, I know people who switch over really love it and they love the idea of it. Um, I'm going to try to wean myself in. Olympus makes a good little camera. I might pick up and try that. Yeah, so, I don't know. See, I, I want to th- get your opinions on I, it.
2: I think, and I could be wrong, but I think this A A9- nine. Um, and I haven't held it, okay, but I'm pretty sure that this A9 is like the was like the the camera that has like solved that problem, like that problem that we've all had, you know, as DSLR people, that we just want to look through the viewfinder and have it be as it is. But I mean, the refresh rate on it and all the tech specs, as far as they go, um, basically lead me to believe, you know, at the refresh rate that they're talking about, that you know we're not gonna you're not gonna even know that you're looking through an electronic viewfinder in terms of that, you know, and 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 if the speed is as accurate as they say that it is in the specs and the number of focus points and all that pans out the way that it should, then we shouldn't, I don't think that we have anything to complain about anymore. As far as, as far as that, you know, viewfinder goes compared to the electronic viewfinder. I think I could be wrong. I haven't actually used it myself, but that's what I'm I'm led yeah. to believe based on the people that have used it um, and, and have reported back. So I've yeah, played with
3: Sony before and the viewfinder is great. Everything about it is is a great system. Um, it's just it's just the fact that you're not looking through glass. You're looking at an uh, electric image, and and I wonder what it's like even when uh, during reception when the image is really dark. And now you're looking at that. Like, are you looking at like a fifteenth of a second type blur when people are blurring? Because you're, again, you're not looking through glass. So you're. I, I just. I'm. I'm just. I don't know. I'm just curious. When you get your takes on it. Yeah, but that's that's all a topic, of course. <laughs> but uh, I didn't know where James. I didn't know where you stood. If you if you shot any mirrorless.
2: Yeah, camera. I would.
1: I have. I played uh, played around with uh, Olympus. It was two years ago. Had it for a summer. Didn't like it. I, I, and it was just no. the viewfinder. I just didn't like the viewfinder. I didn't like looking at a screen. I like seeing a mirror in real life. Yeah. And I like the weight. I like the heaviness of the camera. I feel more professional with a heavy camera. You know, so, a <laughs> big I, camera. I, like it. I, don't,
3: I don't. I don't. I don't mind. I have a, a D five, and that thing's kind of light. Actually, it's not too heavy compared to a D three S, but. Uh, The weight after a while does kind of get you, you know, when I, when I, if I'm going to cocktail hour and I got that little Leica around my shoulder, ah, that's fantastic. I can, I can shoot details. I can shoot people hanging out. No one even knows I'm taking a picture. Mm. Um, I can have something to eat. I can just relax for a bit without having, you know, a big camera around my shoulder or on my
2: waist, you know? So. Yeah, as soon as that A nine comes out, I would love to um, buy us all either... one.
3: Okay, Andy, uh, it's on you. Great, you're gonna well, buy us
2: all. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would love to either um, use yeah, shoot with it myself in low light with a viewfinder. That's what I want to know before I can. I can totally get behind, you know, like really buying it or wanting it. I want to see what that viewfinder looks like in a low light situation, focusing. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, But if that you, problem you know, is, no, isn't a problem, then we're good. <clears throat> or I want to have somebody on who had who this is like one of their first mirrorless cameras that's going from a DSLR to an A nine and see what their reaction is. I want to have that person on the show. So if one of our listeners gets an A nine, um, we would love mm-hmm. to have you on the show like the second that you get that, basically, so we could kind of you know get some get some. Info on it. Well, so, yeah, I don't
3: think I don't think that camera is that much different than the, the, the AR and the AS and the other series at all. I, it's not it's not that much different. It's got dual card slot and blah blah blah. But it's not like it's breaking new ground. It is though. As far as it is,
2: well at least in terms well, of the, in terms of the specs, because of the sensor itself has like a multi level sensor. There's like four sensors or something like that. I um, or not or whatever the sensor technology is. It you know it focuses twenty times faster than like the previous A seven R two or whatever it was. So, sure, but
3: that's not really changing the the, the the fact that you're 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 like you said you're still looking at the the electronic image, but maybe the OLED sensor or the viewfinder is a little different. I, I yeah, again, I, you're I, right. We got to see what comes yeah, up. Yeah,
2: exactly. I don't I don't know, um, but I was led to believe from looking at the the you know the press release that Sony put out to it that for whatever reason that my impression was that it was going to focus incredibly faster than the A7 than the, than the recent A7 series, right? Yeah. And that it also was going to, um, you know, work better in low-light situations. So we will see, uh, you know?
3: Our videographer has the A6500. Uh, that thing's great, that little camera. Um, it is little, though. It's kind of hard to put a big, long lens on it and you have this little tiny body to hold. But uh, that thing f- focuses extremely fast.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, what really attracts me on this thing is the uh is the silent shutter i you know the videos are out of people using these things and um it's completely silent you know, I, I've, I've worked some, some really small intimate weddings, especially in the winter time where there's only 20 people in a small room and to have my camera go off like a machine gun, it's kind of embarrassing a little bit, kind of mm-hmm. ruins the mood. So to see these videos with a silent shutter, that's, that's really attractive to me. Uh, the, and some of these photographers who are doing these, these reviews, they're, they're so not used to it. They're actually turning on the mode where it's like the fake shutter sound. Sure. So that they, that, that, that they feel that, like it's actually taking a picture. I think that's going to take some getting used to, but I, I really like the fact of, uh, of that, that feature too.
3: Well, also, you know, when, when you're – okay, let's say you're shooting well, – when you don't have to be quiet, like a ceremony or something or a really mm-hmm. quiet moment, and yeah. you're, you're shooting prep and the girls are all there laughing, having fun. When they hear that click of the shutter, they're a little more aware. They're a little right, more right. just uh, oh, laughing up a little, playing the camera. <laughs> they know what picture's being taken, so mm-hmm. I, if I have that camera that doesn't, that's totally silent, I do like to have it click. Yeah, yeah I, least, tr- tr- I turn something. on that
0: fake sound for, at certain times, definitely. Yeah, it charges my, my like a little bit more. Do you, have that
1: problem? Do you have that problem in America with the churches? Do the ministers usually have a go at you about the sound of your camera going off? No. It's more—it's mostly no. if the flash. If, if- oh, yeah, yeah, flash. Oh, yeah, we have a lot of problems with, with ministers here in the UK. Well, actually, mainly just in Scotland, actually. They just don't like us. They don't like photographers. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, but guys, I, too- uh, I think that's probably going <laughs> to wrap things up for this episode. Uh, Jim and James, thanks for uh, joining us. Uh, Pleasures. once again, appreciate yeah. it. I enjoy having you guys on. You guys are both great, uh, as far as things go, so it was, it's awesome. Enjoy having you guys on. Thanks Definitely for back on. Thanks for having um, us. Um, where can uh, people follow you, James Kelly?
1: You will get me at my new website as well. I've got a new website, so you'll get me, uh, jameskellyphotography.com, uh, and you'll get me on social media as well under James Kelly Photography. You'll find me on there.
2: Okay, great, and uh, Jim, Jimmy, where can people find yeah, you?
1: Uh, I actually, we also have a new
3: website. just is a new template. Wow! But, uh,
2: Every, so wait a second, everybody but I, Neil's got their the new website go, going right? up. Wow! Neil's Neil's uh, got, just put his head down, oh, hands no. over his head. So we've all got new <laughs> websites. All right, uh, Neil's
3: killing himself there. Uh, you can you can find uh, Facebook is J Ferrara Photography, and the website is jamesferrara.com. Uh, Instagram is J Photo. Uh, you look up Jay Ferrara, James Ferrara, you'll find me.
2: Okay. Awesome. And, uh, Neil, where
0: can people find you? Uh, yeah, on social media right now. Um, don't go to my website because <laughs> 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 I'm, I'm still slaving way at it. Um, so unless you're listening to this episode in the future, um, uh, go to my website, but Neil Urban N E A L U R B okay. A
2: dot com, and my name's Andy or, Bu- no no not dot com
0: uh, anywhere else. Other
2: than that. <laughs> I mean, Russ, just Google, him, just Google, him. and my name's Andy Buscemi B U S C E M I. Thanks for listening in, everybody, to episode fifty nine. We may we may not have an episode the next couple weeks because Neil's on vacation and I'm shooting the lawlock Festival in Rochester, so. It may be another month before you hear from us again. So uh, uh, we will see you soon, and uh, we'll be back for episode number 60. So thanks, everybody, for listening in, and have a good one. Bye, guys. Bye,
1: guys.